Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 317. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacy. that is at StacyPatton89 on Twitter. Stacy, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. Happy Monday, everyone. Yes, everybody loves Mondays. Just the best day of the week. Uh, we are also joined by... I don't. I can't even say like first time in a long time, but long time guest of the pod, Simon Sharon Gordon. That is at Simon Sego on Twitter. He runs the NBA's Twitter account. Simon, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well, guys. Uh, Sorry, the account. X account. The X yeah, account. I was gonna say I don't know what we're calling it these days. <laughs> Threads. Yeah, the X gonna give it to you account. Um, <laughs> before we get started. Uh, we have, I have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at the Strick.land on Instagram. We're posting all kinds of new content on there. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you maybe watch the podcast. If you are, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That'd be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise, which is available on our website. Go check that out. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it. We got it. It's all on there. Again, you can find that on our website. That is at the Strick.land. And Finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a six-star tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland. This podcast that I host every Friday with Prez, you also get access to the Strickland Mailbag, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. The Doug Bag, alongside Dallas and Miko that comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you and none of this would be possible without bet online which is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and match reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way in easiest way to place your wagers including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts um all right Let's do this. Uh, so today on the pod, we are going to do a top 25 ranking um, of all the players in the NBA. Uh, I don't. Before we get started, I just got to say, I well, as it says uh, underneath my name, if you're watching on YouTube, I don't think I'll ever criticize anybody for doing an NBA rankings list again because I found this incredibly fucking hard to do. Um, and the main reason I think there's two things. One, I feel like we're in this weird, yes, the league is super talented, and that's part of it, but I think the two main things are, it feels like we're in this transition point where there's still like these older generation of stars who are really good um, and are on teams that are competitive, even if they're not all the way contenders. 
Um, but then the other part that just was really, really hard is accounting for injuries. Like the amount of guys that you're like, well, is I don't know. Is he going to play 40 games, 50 games? Like I, I, it really, you know, and I'll talk about it when we talk about like Kawhi, like Kawhi, if he was healthy, I'd have been like, yeah, top group. Number one guy on a championship team, no doubt about it. I still think when he's healthy, he plays at that level, but he's not healthy all the time, and that is an issue. And like, I don't know what to do with that exactly. And and it's kind of why, like, I think if you put Kawhi in your top ten, you put Durant in your top ten or top five or whatever, like, I I get that, and I think it's totally reasonable. I think I ended up having Durant in my top ten, but. It's just like, you could also be like, well, I can't trust their health, so I'm going to drop them all the way to like 22. And I'd be like, yeah, that's reasonable too. Like, I, I, it's really, really hard. And I guess I should mention that the one criteria we had, literally just the one criteria that was universal for all of us was, you know, this is simply just ranking the players that help you win a title in the upcoming 2023, 2024 season the most which guys help you the most do that um and obviously that can mean different things to everybody but i I really thought the injury element of it was like very challenging to account for yeah and i i tend to agree with you um like that was by far the hardest part of this and we'll really get into that i think especially for me as we get into like the area around the edge of the top 10 um but at the end of the day like you have to weigh, you know, availability with like who matters and who moves the needle. And it's like, th- that to me is where it gets really interesting, especially, I don't want to like spoil the list, but with a lot of the guys like around KD and Kawhi in that kind of general area. So the other, the other things that I think were really hard for me were one, I think, how do you weigh playoff performance versus regular season performance? Um, you know, that's Randall is an all like played like an all NBA player in the regular season. He's done that twice now and then been less than good in the playoffs, to put it mildly. Uh, how do you rank a guy like that? But he, he also he rarely has health issues, right? He, he, he gives you pretty consistent performance during the regular season at that kind of level. I'm not ranking him as a top 10 player, but so I think that and there's a few players like that. You, me and Schwinn were talking about Dame before this and. You know, his playoff performances don't always reach the highs that he shows in the regular season. And the other thing I think is is context, right? Like, there are guys who maybe didn't make the playoffs, but they're clearly extremely talented, but you can't really fault them for not being on a great team. Or, you know, the way they're used sometimes, um, you know, you would say that this can be, you know, maybe not the the best way to use them, or or there's probably a a way they can be used that, that would be conducive to winning more. Um, but we just haven't seen it, right? So I think context and wing playoff versus regular season after health, I think I agree with both of you guys that the health and, and kind of the ages of some of the guys who are still, you know, when it matters, the biggest needle movers was also um, was also pretty big. Uh, was was the, probably the hardest part of it. And and you brought up the point of like what we've seen from guys or what we haven't seen from guys yet in the playoffs. So that element of certainty, like whenever I've talked to Schwinn over the years just about like how I think about ranking players. And I think we agree for the most part, it's like, I, I do value what I've seen. Um, I can't, it's really hard for me to assume credit or give guys credit. Like I just saw, I just saw a take on Twitter this morning that like 
if Tracy McGrady had played with Shaq in his prime, T-Mac would be a top 15 player of all time. And so it's like we're just giving T-Mac like the three-peat that Kobe actually got now. Um, and that also discounts that Kobe was just like a better player, more efficient, better defender, way better longevity. But like that idea of just kind of looking at numbers and assuming a guy would, you know, be able to get it done in a different situation in the playoffs, like that kind of thing. I can't really do that. And, and I think that'll probably show up in some of my rankings here. Yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah, like this was a very, very challenging um, exercise. So um, I'll just do this. Uh, I had, I'll, I'll, lay, I'll name my tiers. Uh, I did tier it, but like my top tier is just pretty obvious. Definitely number one caliber. So like these are guys that are just like today. Again, this is not historic because historically LeBron would be in this group, right? It, but it's it's in 2024. These are guys I think for me anyway are unquestioned. Like if they're on your team, you have a guy who is capable right now of being the number one dude, number one creator, or whatever you want to say, number one option on a championship team. Um, after that, I had a tier that was can be your best player, but maybe not your number one option, at least definitely needs another quality creator at a size. So that's like, you know, okay, I think that's pretty explanatory. Uh, I, I was very, very descriptive in my tears. Um, this one was, the next one was great engines, but play style slash efficacy questions late into the playoffs. I'll get into who is in that group later. Uh, then after that was number twos who can provide number one value on one side of the ball, be that offensively, you know, dominant scoring or defensively anchoring elite defense, um, but not on the other end and may even be active detriments. Uh, and then I just, <laughs> also I put, plus Kawhi in this group. Because this is just where I was like, okay, I guess I'll put Kawhi fucking here. Um, then after that, I had really good players with various question marks, health, playoff performance, guns in one um, John Moran's case. <laughs> that confused me. Uh, and then the last group, this is not even in the top 25. This is just my honorable mention. So I'll just name off my honorable mention, guys. Um, honestly, for the most part, I think you could, I'd be fine if, if we weren't doing a top 25, I'd probably have a bunch of these dudes in the tier above. Uh, but since we did do a top 25, and I decided to use that as an opportunity to shit on Tyrese Halliburton, um, I took that chance. Um, so this tier is called basically same tiers group of, but had to cut off the 25, also fuck Halliburton. Okay, uh, my honorable mention group is Halliburton, PG, Ingram, Lamelo, Siakam, Garland, Nicole Bridges, Zion, Harden, Draymond, Sabonis, Levine, Cat. Oh, Randall? Um, uh, no, Rand Randall, Randall, Randall was just above. Uh, I, honestly, like, if Randall was a pacer and Halliburton was a Nick, I might have flipped them. Just throwing that out there. But um, I didn't because fuck Tyrese Halliburton. You had Cat yeah, over. I think most people would have Cat, too. Um, yeah, Randall, I, and I, I think, again, like, you could, if you told me any of those guys you'd prefer over Randall or the group I have above, that'd be fine. I, I'm not, like, it's not one of those things I'm like super passionate about, but um, I'll just go like Halliburton, really good player. I need to see him get to the playoffs and do it. Like I, I, I just need to see that because I still have a lot of question marks about his ability to, 
do what he does offensively when the game slows down in a more half court oriented setting, like a playoffs. And when teams are super like, I mean, I would like to see him have to deal with Gabe Vincent dry humping him up and down the floor for a series. I'll throw that out there. Uh, I put PG in this group just because of injuries. If he didn't have the injury history and, and all that shit, like he'd be much higher. Uh, Ingram injuries. He had just a very weird situation in New Orleans. I actually think his playoff performances and pl- even the play in stuff at the in- end of the season was really encouraging, but like he's just, he's missed, he misses too much time and everything about that situation is very weird over in New Orleans. LaMelo, I, everything I said for Halliburton basically applies to LaMelo. Siakam, uh, I don't know. He, he, he probably deserves to be in that group higher. You, there are, I'm sure there are a bunch of people that would put him over Julius Randle. The North uh, is going to remember. <laughs> yeah, good, good for them. And my thing with Siakam is mostly just like, I still think if you're not an elite defensive anchor, ought, like being a better offensive creator should matter. And I do think Randle is still a better offensive creator than Siakam, um, like an offensive engine. So I gave Randle the edge, and that's kind of why I put him there. Garland. Again, he just, he's, I don't know, uh, really good player. Um, I think he got a max, right? So I mean, he deserves a max. He's definitely worth it. Um, but did, I have, did you have Beal in the group above? No, I didn't. I probably oh. should. Beal, Beal can be in this group too if he wants. I'm, Bradley Beal is, he can fuck <laughs> off. I, I just, I can't stand him. Um, I had McCall in this group mostly because, like, okay, you put up a bunch of numbers. Your team's offense sucked. Their defense wasn't necessarily great. He stunk it up in the playoffs. I think that's more about the lack of talent exposing some of the limitations in his game than anything inherently wrong with him as a player. But um, the defense is great. I think the offense has become now wildly overrated by people. If you want to put him in the group above, I'm not opposed to that, but I didn't. Zion... This is just health. If Zion is healthy, he's in like one of the top two tiers. He's ridiculous. James Harden can go fuck himself. Uh, Draymond Green, just super confusing player that I will never quite make sense to me. Um, so this is where I put him because he deserves to be in the conversation. I just I, I can't do the Draymond thing for like the 15th year in a row where I'm trying to figure out in my brain where he ranks. Uh, I just know that him with Steph Curry, though, is a nice little combination still. And I think people get that part wrong both ways. I think it's very fair to say that the context has really unleashed Draymond throughout his career in a way that maybe on another team it wouldn't have. But also, I don't think there's like another guy who would have been that perfect for them. So I think it cuts both ways, I think. like I understand why people might... You know, a guy who is more portable or maybe would have been the same level in different schemes. Whereas Draymond, I'm sure Draymond would have been effective wherever he was, but he was in the perfect situation. But I also think, yeah, like there's a lot of guys who are really good who wouldn't be as effective or close to it or allow the Warriors to do as much as they did. So that um, he is a tough player to rank, I think, because like both of those things I think are true. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, I think he's actually better than, he is better than Rodman, but it's like a lot like Rodman in the sense of like, you're like, well, this guy was definitely critical to the championship teams he was on, but how do I rank? Like, where do I put him? In a way that others wouldn't have been, but right. also he might not have been quite as critical, you know. Like, if, if Draymond was in Milwaukee, there might be challenges there, right? Or if he was in a play, a different place. Yeah, it's it's really tough to rank guys where it's like they're super fucking important, but you also know, like, 
if you were in a position where we had like we needed you to be this like a number two option with higher usage you're just incapable of that but you're amazing defensively like i don't know it's really hard to rank these and guys. a great like a great guy to grease the wheels of an offense yeah. when you oh, have yeah. the other yeah, people yeah. that take care of the iso stuff and, and you know the creation yeah. stuff like the, the more traditional creation stuff yeah and then i had sabonis in this group who like again you could argue between him and randall um both of them sucked in the playoffs i just i don't know i still i think Randall's I had bonus got, over Randall and Kat that's fine. Yeah, Kat, that's totally. Fine. In the top I mean, they so. they were the number one um, offense in the league last year, right? So I think that's more than fair. Um, the uh, that I I had and then I had Levine and Cat in this group. I, I don't really. I mean, Cat is. I actually, I'll say this. I suspect that after next season, we will be on um, like. Cat has like roller coasters, so like when everybody's down on him is probably the best time to buy a stock, and when everybody's super high on him is the best time to sell a stock. So this is probably a good time to buy Cat stock. I will say that I actually thought he played pretty well in the playoffs, even though um, the first few games were rough. But I actually, I mean, that in my opinion, I thought they gave Denver like a pretty tough series, all things considered, and he was a part of that. So um, I give him a little Speaking bit of credit of for that. Soda. Um... I assume then you have Ant in the top 25, or is he in this team? I do have Ant in the top 25. I was really, really impressed with what he did last year in the face of endless amounts of idiotic uh, roster construction and injuries and general Minnesotaness. Um, so I, I'm, and I think Ant's just going to be a fucking stud. I, I think that, that kid is, he's on his way. Um, and then, yeah, I had Levine in this group too. I, not much needs to be said about Levine. I just think he's, He's just outside to me um, from the top twenty-five, but all these guys are, and they're all really good. I mean, also there was, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much stock you put in in these, but um, you know, you know, there's been lists going on about um, the, you know, the half court spacing or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. Um, it is hilarious that like all of the Warriors non-shooters and Wiggins were like the top four. <laughs> it's just like Steph is still. I wonder why why that is, um, but the, did you have um, did you have trade? So I'll, I'll mention that Levine had some of the worst spacing in the league. Yeah, uh, which is I, I had trade. Yeah, they, I, I they, had I had trade in my top twenty five. Yeah, he barely made it for me too. But um, that, I don't think you could justify when Trey has pretty thoroughly outplayed Randall in a playoff series. Um, I don't think you could justify having Randall over Trey. I thought um, I thought Trey played well against the Celtics this year. I thought he was like, I mean, he had that game winner, right? What was it in game five? Yeah, they, them taking two off the Celtics, yeah. despite, um, yeah, I don't think the roster is constructed very well. Is a testament to him. The but Celtics, I for the most talented uh, team, chock full of Hall of Famers in the NBA, sixth man of the year, twelve time Tatum. <laughs> they uh, have quick. Jay, yeah, Jalen, Scottie Pippen, Brown, just fucking loaded these guys, man. And but I, I do want to add. Who has bionic knees? It'll be perfect. On <laughs> um, Levine, though, I do want to mention that I think because you brought up a lot that his on-off has never been great in his career, but he's a little bit weird in that he's yeah. been asked to carry not great starting lineups as the offensive number one, which is probably not the ideal role for him, but he's been really fucking good at that. And he hasn't had good context. So um, he does seem to me like the kind of guy, and Simon, this goes to your point, like we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him in the best context, but. Um, he does seem to me like a guy that um, has been burdened, I think, by not being in the ideal role and playing in you know, not great I rosters. Think, yeah, just real quick on that. I think I have Jalen Brown on my t- in my top 25, but 
and this is like you can't punish guys for context and you it's hard to credit guys for having shitty context too much. But like if you just told me you switch Jalen Brown and Zach Levine's careers, like where they played, I suspect we might feel like we would feel about Zach Levine the way we feel about Jalen Brown, and we feel about Jalen Brown the way we feel about Zach Levine. Because I don't think like Jalen Brown is a number one <laughs> uh, offensive creator. I'm not sure the world uh, needs or is prepared to see that. Though, apparently, all the Miami defenders want you to know that the the scouting report on Jalen Brown is just make him drive left. Um, That's all you got to do. So, yeah, I I, like Levine. It's tough. He's been shitty context his entire career, and like, yeah, to to some extent, you can be like, well, that's that says something about him as a player, right? He can't elevate his game, but it's like, okay, so he can't do that. What if you put it? Can we? Can we? Can he get to a situation where like that's not what he has to do? Because um, I'd be curious to see him that. And actually, like, defense up, too. Like, I think yeah. his defense is a little underrated. Like, he's not. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. And I, I actually, we'll talk about this when we get to Dame. Like, I've been, I've been having like interesting thoughts about Dame. Like, just considering uh, him in Miami. Yeah, pause. Um, like him in Miami. I think we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get there. But um, yeah, a lot of this stuff is. I mean, again, this is really hard. And I'm sure I'm forgetting guys that people will be like, how could you forget him? How could be like that's fine. Um, there are a lot of really fucking good NBA players at this point. And uh, you know, again, anybody in this group that I just listed, if you wanted to put him in the top twenty five, I would not be So I'm assuming Wemby's in your top twenty five then, right? <laughs> no, I'll leave that up to Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, you know, he's he actually discovered Wemby and uh, Scoot Henderson. Um so I mean I don't want to spend too much time on my honorable mentions here, but I'll just go through them. We don't have to talk about them. Uh, I had a top 26 just because I really like, I did tears as well. And my 23 through 26 was too indistinguishable. Um, but I will just say I put John Morant 26. Uh, so I guess he's technically an honorable mention. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Pascal Siakam, James Harden, Mikel Bridges, and Zion were, like, the next five to me. Mm. And that's guys who, like, with Bridges, Jaron, Siakam, I just clearly see the fit in, like, a contender context. Um, But there's either, like, just some limitations compared to guys above or, uh, you know, maybe some health concerns um, with Jaron. And then... Harden and Zion, it's just like, I, I know that they can provide a ton of offensive value. Harden, we just haven't continued. To, we continue to see the issues come up in the playoffs and Zion, the health. Um, and then there's just a bunch of guys who, like, I think are not really in the conversation for me for top 25, but, like, it's, I guess the true honorable mentions, um, which are guys who, like, either – can be a part of a contender, but again, they're just a little more limited. Clay Thompson, Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley, um, Porzingis, Levine, mm-hmm. guys like that. And then you guys have LaMelo who, in there? I have LaMelo in there too, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like a bunch of guys you mentioned, like Ingram. Um, I had Randall here as well, Beal. Wow. Fucking Nick Sater. I didn't so I didn't even have Sabonis in this group for the record. So that is a testament to Randall. Um, uh, I'm I also not, I'm I, not sure what to do with those guys. Like yeah, when you are yeah. trying to build like a contender. Like I don't know. I, 
I also just want to mention this because I get to do this because it's my list. Uh, I didn't have Kyrie in my top twenty-five, and I didn't put him honorable mention because he can go Same. fuck himself. Same. So, I yeah, I mean, if we're gonna dock guys for availability, then yeah, I mean, he is availability. I think he's a shitty fucking presence in your locker room. I think he is, and there's a lot of good guards in my top twenty-five. There's good yeah. guards that didn't make it. Like, I'm yeah. like the lowest ranked guard. I have Trey and Ant at twenty-three and twenty-four. I can't put like they're both really good players. Why would I put Kyrie Irving over Trey Young at this point? Yeah, um, like Trey, Trey, purely from a basketball standpoint, right? Right, and like I and the thing is, like I love Kyrie's game. I've talked about this with Simon like forever. Like I think he is the he's like the only guard I can think of who is like perfect as a number two option. Like his the way he plays is so perfect. That's why him and LeBron were awesome. But he also doesn't need to dominate the ball, like, right? Yeah, he's a good off ball player. He's a pretty underrated passer at this point, I think. People don't. He's really good. Him. He's a good secondary creator. His issue is like when you're like, "Hey, run point," and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be fucking hot sauce right now." Uh, like, like no, you don't need to do seven. And he's not alone. Like Brunson, right. Brunson is. It's does that too sometimes. Yeah, uh, and I think Kyrie. Perfect. The last thing I'll say, Kyrie's actually like a pretty solid defender for, for like a 6-2 guard. Like, when he gives a shit, he's, he's fine. Yeah, um, so the playoffs, he's like yeah. usually pretty good. But yeah, like I, I just, I didn't, I don't like Kyrie. I've been very <laughs> open about that forever. So I didn't fucking put him in this list. And if I was a GM in the NBA, I would never fucking trade for that guy. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to have that stance, then why the fuck would I include him in a top 25 list? I think where, um, I, where I disagree with, I think I, I think I'm higher on Sabonis than both you guys. I think um, maybe maybe I'm lower on Fox, and maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I do have I mean, Fox in my top twenty-five, obviously, but um, I do think like Sabonis leading that offense. And I will say one differentiator over Randall, and maybe maybe this is a Tibbs thing that you can put you can put Sabonis at the five. He's not a good defensive center, but it is at least functional to the point where he's able to do that with Randall. And again, you want to blame Tibbs, that's fine, but with Randall, like. I think there's a lot of limitations that make that not even really an, an option. In, so, like, I think that that does that is a credit to Sabonis, um, and I think he's just um, you know I think he's more playoff proof. I think um, he's he's a better decision maker. Uh, you know, Randall's just immediate like he is a walking double team. There is no way to really defend him one on one. Is is pretty uh, is a credit to him, but I think that's where I think I'm higher on Sabonis for for a few of those reasons. Um, and I, I had I didn't have Cat in there, I had Randall in there, um, but um, but yeah. So I think that's where maybe I differ from both you guys. My honorable mention groups. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's good. Uh, I guess we could we could start now. Uh, I guess Simon, why don't you start since you had twenty six, so we can get like yeah, for sure. So I I'll, I also relied on tiers for a lot of this, um, particularly here, and then more as we got closer to the top. But I had this group of four point guards. So it was De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Trey Young, and John Morant. That was my 23 through 26 in that order. Um, I just feel like none of these dudes are like going to be the engine, number one engine on a title team quite. Um, I think John and Trey have proven the most, but at the same time, like I think Fox and Halliburton, because this is forward looking and that is the one other criteria we like didn't mention is for 23, 24, you do have to do a bit of projection. Like, it, so I, I just, what I saw in terms of Fox's leap last year, um, what Halliburton was able to do, you know, during the competitive portion of their season, I guess. Uh, and, and just those guys like leadership abilities, right. And, and just approach <laughs> basketball I'm I'm just banking on that a little bit more than than Trey Young and John Morant. 
Um, whereas I think like they're close enough as talents. So, so I put those guys higher, but, but this is clearly like a tier to me. Did you have uh, Jamal Murray higher or did you not have him on your list? I had Jamal Murray significantly higher, actually. That's interesting. So, because um, I had I, I had Fox much higher, actually, partly because of the projection, but partly because I, I still think he is the, and I think you had him higher than Sabonis, so you'd probably agree. Um, I had, I, so my, my last tier, tier three, was actually 14 to 25. Um, I had, I only had two guys in tier one, you probably guess where they are. Tier two was a little bit bigger, and then tier three was 14 to 25, yeah. Um, and with it, I had, I had all of the guards you mentioned besides Halliburton in there. Um, but I had Fox and Ja actually higher than Jamal Murray. Um, and I, I'm probably penalizing Jamal Murray again a little bit because of context. He gets to play with, you know, I can, I think you can yeah. guess what where I had Jokic in. So, um, and so I had, I had Ja actually a little bit higher and, um, Ja and Fox, I think a little bit higher than you. Um, yeah, I, I had, so my tier, I had basically 25 to 22. Um, I had, I want to be very clear. If Ja didn't like, wasn't obsessed with guns. Like if he wasn't an NRA member, um, I would have put him in the tier above. And in that tier, I have Trey. Um, I have Trey in that tier just at the bottom of it. Um, so so he would been up ja, there. Ja, like, and, there and I had Fox and I, sorry, I just, I just real quick. And I had Fox in that tier also above. Um, I had Brunson. Brunson's at the top of that tier above, but like, I actually, so, yeah. So I have, I have this tier for me is it's JJJ twenty two, Ja twenty three, Jamal Murray twenty four, Randall twenty five. Um, I don't really, we don't need to discuss Randall anymore because we've talked about Randall more than a few times in this podcast. Uh, Jamal Murray, I love his game. I think he has such an awesome skill set in the sense of his ability to play off of Jokic is actually not. Like, yes, it's easy playing off of Jokic, but if you put Trey with Jokic, you probably are not going to get that type of, like, their connection is really fucking awesome. Uh, Murray's but, important to their defense, too. Which yeah. Trey, having Trey and Jokic, I mean, I, don't, I think Jokic is underrated defensively, but yeah. that, that could cause some problems. Yeah, and I just think, like, Murray is, he's just such an easy, like, they, the, the, the one thing I really value about him is, He's a guy, he's one of these guards, like quickly is like this offensively too. This is something we talk about quickly all the time, but like Steph is like this, right? Steph is the best version of this, but these are guys that like their ability to play on and off ball is amazing. What I will say about Jamal Murray though, is I, I think what is a team where Jamal Murray is actually running point where he is like having to create the offense for everybody all the time or more consistently and I have real, real concerns about that because I think there's a lot of Kyrie about him um, in his play style, and so, and I don't think he's the, the like his top level is really good, but I don't think his top level as a scorer is is Kyrie level. Um, I don't think and, it's Brunson level, by the way. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and I just think like so for that reason, I put him here if. Denver does like go on another run next year, right? Win another title, get to a finals, whatever it is. I think that probably I'd feel a lot more comfortable with it. But you got to also remember he's had a weird career, right? Like he he looked like he was about to burst out, then he tears his ACL, he basically misses like what two seasons. Um, then he comes back last year, he kind of sucked for the first like 30, 40 games. Then he gets he looked a lot better towards the end of 
the regular season, like the back half of it. And then the playoffs, like he would have these games where it's like he has 30 points, but he does nothing until like the fourth quarter. And then he just drops 23 or something. Uh, so he's just, a, he was a tough, tough player for me to, to rank, but I felt like he had to be in the top 25. Like you have to honor the fact that he was the number two guy on a championship team. That means something. Uh, maybe it should mean more. Maybe I'm being a hypocrite, but like I, I felt comfortable putting him in this group. And again, if he yeah. does it again, I'll put him in a group higher. So I, I, like I said, I had Murray significantly higher. I think yeah. he's, yeah, he's like eight or nine spots higher at least. Um, I think like you're right that I, I don't know what it would look like if he was your number one. Um, there might be some limitations there. I also could see him looking totally fine, like just as good as like a Brunson or a Halliburton or whoever, like, I, I don't really know. Um, and I also don't know the flip side, what some of these guys would look like playing next to Jokic. So in that sense, maybe I should just put them all in the same tier and maybe I have Murray too high. I think my, my kind of counter to that is just that like, if this is a group that nobody, I don't think any of us think any of these guys have like top player on a title team ability because they're, they're in this tier. Um, then you just need to assume you have to play with a guy like that in order to win. Um, and that also speaks to why I have Draymond where I have him, which is a little, a couple spots higher than this. Um, with Draymond though, there is more of that fit question. Like, I don't even know if he would be that guy, uh, with, with anyone other than Steph, right. Or, or maybe there's just a couple guys you put Draymond with where he reaches that level. Whereas Murray's like, just like what you said about Kyrie earlier, perfect number two next to a lot of number ones um he's coming off like just one of the all-time number two postseasons i think he averaged what 27 28 points a game on ridiculous efficiency like seven plus assists really good defense for for his position and for his offensive workload incredibly clutch um it just gives you that like size at the point that makes a lot of lineups possible and i i think he actually is to me the closest thing to Steph Curry there is in the league. Um, a lot of people say like Damian Lillard, but I, I, the play style wise, I just, I've never seen Dame move off ball like Jamal and just be able to flow, make quick decisions, you know, get the ball, move it, cut, uh, you know, relocate. Um, the constant motion, right? Constant like, motion. And, st and still obviously create on ball. Um, tough shot making, you know, like the just ridiculous uh, shot making from all three levels. So I just super value players like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Murray. I'll like mention when we get to that part of the list, exactly where I have him. But um, I, I, I did have him kind of above all of these guys. I, yeah. I also, um, I think so. I, 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 yeah, like I said, I was a little bit, like my tier three, like tier one is just two guys who I think like instantly make you a contender. Tier two is either older guys who have availability issues or I have like Booker in there where I think there's some context specific things where I could definitely see him being the best player. Uh, it's quite likely that next year we're talking about him as the best player on, on the championship team. And then mm. tier three was just all guys who were like the best number two. So the top of tier three for me is Jimmy and PG. Um, the only, the only, two guys on this park who I think can be your lead option um, are, are Brunson and um, and, uh, and Donald Mitchell um, in that tier, but I don't think they can be the best 
player because in both cases there's defensive limitations. But um, it's interesting. Like I think you guys maybe nuanced your tiers a little bit more than I did. But but yeah, yeah. to me, like tier three is just fourteen twenty five. It's the top guys who can't be your best player. Um, yeah. So I had, and I think G- Jimmy and Paul George I think, are without question the the best version of that player. Um, I put. I would want to talk. I, I had both the Memphis guys in this tier uh, at twenty two and twenty three. JJJ and Ja. Um, with Ja, like honestly, I just I, there was a stat that just came out. Like he's like one of the least efficient guys in the half court. I think that kind of like downplays what he brings to the table because he puts so much pressure on the rim that it opens up these offensive rebounding opportunities. And we know that Memphis has killed it on the offensive glass, especially when Adams is healthy. So like. You know, yeah, I mean, it's fun to like slander John and be like, oh, he's only good because Steven Adams gets all his misses and puts them back. But like, there is a value to that. And um, I think that's real. But like, I, I, th- I, I just can't get out of my head watching with the playoffs last year, not this past season, obviously, because um, I mean, whatever. But uh, the season before where they're playing, they played what Minnesota and then they played Golden State. And I just remember watching this guy like, it's like he's just running into fucking walls, hurling himself at people. Like, and I don't know. Like, I just, I don't really know what, like, there is a value to that. I just don't know what the ceiling of that is. And that jumper is, yeah. I mean, I'll, I think plenty of teams will be plenty happy to just keep letting Ja, you know, go under and keep letting him pull from out there because. I just don't believe he can make you pay. I don't think he wants to take those shots. You can kind of see it. So, I don't know. Defensively, I, I actually thought he got better this year on defense when he was playing, but he's still not a good defender. Um, and I, I think his passing is, like, super fucking overrated. Like, he does not pass out on drives at a high level. I think he leaves a lot of assist opportunities on the table. And I also think part people, like I've talked about, oh, Memphis doesn't have great spacing. He's fucking part of that, first of all. So you can't just be like, well, he doesn't have great spacing. Yeah, well, he fucking sucks at shooting, so he's How part of that How often do they too. play JJJ at the five, too? That, that should help. Well, they, they had to play him a lot this year. I'll talk about that, too, because I think that raised a lot of questions about him. But, um, yeah, like JJJ at the five, like he opens up the floor, obviously. I know their wings haven't been great, but you get to play with Desmond Bain, who, like, is oh, going to end up – yeah, he's going to be – he's going to – like, if the guy stays healthy for the next 10 years, more or less, he's going to end up being one of the most prolific shooters in NBA history. So, like – I'm sorry. I don't want to hear about, like, oh, the spacing isn't great for John. Like, eat a fucking bag of dicks, man. Like, give me a break. Um, with JJJ, he's incredible defensively. He has shown some growth. Like, and I mean, when I say some, I don't want to downplay it, but, like, he's shown real growth as kind of a ability to be a scorer offensively. He's just not that efficient. He's not that great a shooter. Um, I don't like the, I, I know, like, I don't love the release point in a shot. I think that takes away from like how much of a creator, how much of a scorer he can be. And then the main thing with me is like, he's super foul prone and he sucks at rebounding. His defensive rebounding is terrible. And that's a reason why I don't think they can go with him at the five for a significant amount of time. Like, like, like this is the type, type of stuff that people underrate about Draymond is like, the reason it works with him at the five is, yeah, he's an exceptional defender. He stays out of foul trouble. Now, is some of that because he bullies refs into not calling fouls on him? Maybe. Maybe that's part of it. But, I but mean, like, that's, that's, that's valid, though. Like, right. if that's however you get it done. Yeah. Like, I, that's what it is. Like, I, I can't – he doesn't get called for those fouls, so it doesn't happen. Um, and I think, like, 
he's a much he's always been a stronger defensive rebounder to me than Jaron Jackson. There's a reason why the Warriors have consistently been a good defensive rebounding team, even when they've been undersized. Um, I, I just think JJJ, those two flaws are problematic, but I don't want to downplay how good he is on defense, and I thought he deservedly won Defensive Player of the Year last year. And so I, I would imagine... Sorry, go ahead, Sean. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead, Sid. I was going to ask, so you have, I would imagine, um, Bam, uh, much yeah. farther above. Um, can you talk about how you... Because def- they both... Obviously, JJ, I mean, is it just you, because Bam can play the five, but JJ gives you more spacing? Like, how do you kind of think about that? And you, we've obviously seen uh, that from Bam. I don't uh, think... I don't think JJJ spacing... Like, he's not... So the threshold for bigs to be like, for me to be like, wow, well, he shoots it. That gives him a lot of value now. Like, you got to be really like Porzingis level shooter, like a cat level. Like, like, I mean, yeah, cat, obviously, I mean, cat is a different level of shooter, but like Porzingis, Brooke Lopez, even Miles Turner last year, like those guys had some actual gravity to their shooting. I don't think JJJ has that gravity at all. Um, I don't think he's like a dynamic off the bounce player either. His post-up game isn't great. Like, He's just not giving me enough offensively for him to even be in the conversation with Bam. Because, like, whatever we want to say about Bam, like, he doesn't get the line uh, line enough. You know, he, he's soft. He settles for, like, these floater touch shots all the time. I get all that. Um, but at the end of the day, he's giving you, what, like, an efficient 18 to 20 points a game. He's a good assist guy. He's a good, like, you can run dribble handoffs with him in a way you can't do that with JJJ. Like, like Bam can be – he's probably the closest thing to – Draymond as far as like he's a better scorer but not you know like a supernova scorer or something right um but in terms of the balance between what they give you defensively and what they provide as like ball handlers offensive hub type big guys I think they're pretty similar in that value in that sense um and and quite sorry go ahead no I, I just with Bam I also think like he just really doesn't take anything off the table. Like, yeah, he doesn't shoot. He doesn't space the floor, but like he defensively, you know, is an anchor while being like a switch guy, uh, which is just like the rarest archetype defensively. And then offensively, like he can grab and go. He can be like that short roll passer, uh, just a ball mover screener, uh, you know, finish on the pick and roll. Uh, he can be a scorer at times when you need him to be. He's not a great like post up guy or anything no, like that. But like nobody, he, nobody sets a moving screen like Bam. Yeah. So so he's just like he's just keeping all of your options open offensively while like complete like anchoring your defense and keeping your defensive scheme options open. So like to me, that's just as elite of a number two as you can be. Um, He's healthy, like a lot more than Jaron. Uh, so I, I had I had Jamal Murray and Bam like right at the top of my tier of guys who are just not number ones. Um, and that's you know some of that you could say, oh well, that's recency bias because they were both just number twos on final teams, but like they were. Yeah. Um, and so. and I think well, the, and and just quite just really quick, if you want to just be like a very summary explanation for why Bam should rank much higher than JJJ. Um, in the last four years, they have gone to two finals and they've been to an Eastern Conference finals. I don't think there's any chance in hell they do that without Bam. Their defense has been incredible in all of those runs. He's the biggest part of that defense. He 
like, and I look, Jimmy, you would say. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I look, I Spolstra is amazing. He 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 gets all all the credit he gets. He deserves. There's like I don't want to be very clear about that. But with guys like Bam and Jimmy, I don't think we need to give him credit for those guys. Like those guys deserve their own credit because they are like whatever Spolstra wants to do. He bases it around those two guys. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to give Spol- like the stuff that Spolster gets credit for as a coach is like getting away defensive, getting away with like having Struess as a starting wing defensively, right? Like, like being able to play Duncan Robinson for extended stretches in the playoffs, all that type of stuff. Um, but like, you know, Bam, we've seen him use Bam in such like critical ways, right? Like Eastern Conference Finals Game Six in in the bubble, he goes with like, okay, we're just gonna have Bam bring the ball up and basically run point. And just spread it out for him, and he killed the Celtics at the end of that series. Um, we've seen him use Bam in so many different ways. So, like, yeah, I just think Bam is a different level to JJ. And, and it always takes both. Like, it it takes. I always think of it as like the credit doesn't have to go to one or the other in those situations because it's like the Heat weren't going to you know the finals and East Finals before 2020 when they got Jimmy or or you know, bam kind of came into his own. It's not like Spo just takes teams to the finals every year. And and the same thing, you know, Steve Kerr, when, you know, his guys were hurt, Popovich the last however many years, Nick Nurse, the second, like Kawhi left and, and Kyle, you know, declined and left and all that. Like it, it doesn't, you, you, you just need both. Um, so I give these guys like full credit, even, even when they are in a good coaching situation, you also have to be coachable. Um, and fit into the systems and schemes that win championships. So, like, uh, yeah, I'm 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 giving Bam and Jimmy full credit, like you said. Yeah, and Stacy, can you just what was your twenty-two to twenty-five? Just so we can, because uh, I don't know how to uh, that. But. Um, it was Beal, Trey, Ant, and Sabonis. So I think <laughs> I don't think I had the same. So I guess I think I explained it Sabonis. Um. The fact that he can play the five, even though he's not an effective defender there, I think puts him above um, some of the guys. And I think he's just a better creator than some of the more versatile bigs like JJ. Like, that's why I would put him over JJJ. Um, and, and JJJ does have some of the, the rebounding issues. So I love that skill set. Like, that's the kind of big I've wanted the Knicks to have for a long time. Um, and, like, I, I actually, like, compared to certainly you and Prez, I, I don't have as much issue with the rebounding stuff, but. Um, but Sabonis is is a superior offensive player and and um, and can function as your five on defense, even though it's pretty less than ideal. Uh, I probably should have like if we're looking forward to your point, Simon. Maybe Ant should be a lot higher, uh, especially given what he's done in the playoffs. Um, and the context hasn't been great. Um, so this is a guy who, I mean, he has the potential. Obviously, I mean, most people. I, I'm on board in saying that he has the potential to be. You know, definitely the best player on a title team, and that could be as soon as next year. Um, I'd probably want to see a little bit more. Uh, Twenty three, I had Trey. Um, just to, like pretty like for for a guard like that, it's it's tough to be playoff proof um, offensive player. He's pretty damn good, um, and uh, I I don't think the Murray trade has really worked, but I don't think that has as much to do with Trey Young as. Um, some other stuff um and uh, again if we're just talking offense he'd be a lot higher but he takes a lot off the table on defense and then 22 i yeah <laughs> a lot higher i think on field than both of you guys with that scoring ability i also think for 23 24 he's i think that's gonna work actually um we'll see like 
whether they have the depth and that kind of thing. But I think the the gamble Phoenix is making is is pretty interesting, and I think it, it could work out. I don't think Beal is going to be their point guard like it was announced. Um, it's it's going to be Booker, but I think he's pretty capable of that. So, but those are the four guys I had. And I think some of the guys that, like, I have Murray higher than that, I have Ja higher than that, I have Fox higher than that, and then JJJ just didn't make my list. Um, Yeah, I just, Beal is like, I mean, I honestly forgot about him. To be completely honest, I, he, I, he should be in my honorable mention. Um, But he just doesn't play enough. I think the defense is really, really bad. It's been really, really bad. Now, is some of that because he's been on a bad washing team and they don't, he doesn't care? Maybe. Um but I haven't loved what I've seen. And I think his scoring has fallen off, not just because, oh, they got Porzingis and Kuzma and those guys are doing more. I also just think he just looks like he's not getting as much separation as he used to. Um, that's just from what I saw of him this year. So I'll be curious to see how he does in, in Phoenix, but I don't know. If they're planning on using him as point guard, um, he might be he might be out of my top fucking 50 by the end of this season because I don't trust point guard Bradley Beal. I'm sorry. Like that was a really big issue for Washington last year um in endgame situations. Like he's just not Saudi does. And I think it's kind of setting him up for failure potentially. Not in the regular season so much because if they get a reasonable amount of health from Durant and Booker, which with Durant especially is who knows, they should be okay. But um yeah. Alright, we can move on though. Um this is what I had. So my next tier, uh, I had this was number twos can provide number one value on one side of the ball, but not on the other, and may even be active detriments plus Kawhi. Um, so I had this is twenty one to thirteen. So this is my I think this is my biggest tier. Uh, Trey twenty one, Edwards twenty, Fox nineteen, Mitchell eighteen, Jalen Brown seventeen, Kawhi sixteen. I want to be very clear, Kawhi again, like. He would be in my top five if injuries did not exist, but unfortunately they do. Uh, I had AD 15, Bam 14, Brunson 13. Um, I'm sure that actually nobody listening to this pod will care that I have Brunson 13 because presumably all of them will be Knicks fans. Um, but I just think what he's shown in the playoffs the last two years as an offensive engine is insane. And the fact that he did it like against Miami in round two in a situation where Randall was crapping his pants, nobody else in the team could make a fucking shot except for RJ Barrett sometimes. Like, I'm, and I, I don't think he's getting done any favors with the very simplistic offensive schemes of like Jason Kidd and, and Tom Thibodeau over the last two years. A lot of that is just glorified mismatch hunting. And I also think defensively, he is a liability for sure. His compete level is good. Like he isn't in the playoffs. He's not a guy who's not. He's not just gonna like stand around and mail it in, which is a major difference to me between him and somebody like Trey Young, which is why Trey was the bottom of this group um, and Brunson was top. And I also just think, like, you know, Trey is really good at getting to the line and all that type of stuff. But in the playoffs, you need guys that can just make shots for lack of like, you know, a uh, higher level of nuance, high high field goal percentage, high EFG guys. And Brunson has proven to be one of those guys. Um, so I had him at the top and I feel, yeah. I, I just think he's, yeah, I just think he's like such a 
special score in half court setting in that slow end game stuff that like it is just crazy and I, I think opinion of him is lagging behind reality which is often how it works so i imagine if he re- replicates his performance this year for the knicks he will get the all-star nod and all nba buzz that he i thought definitely deserved last season um and we talked about bam just quickly on on brunson um like i yeah i had him a few spots lower he's 17 for me but he's in the same type of tier so this is the tier that i started with murray at 15 bam at 16 and then i had brunson next as kind of like a lot like jamal murray i feel like his postseason was so good that the relatively lower like counting stats from the regular season compared to like a Mitchell or a Trey or a jar or whoever. Like I just, I don't, it looks irrelevant to me. Um, and I also think like he's shown, just shown the ability to scale. Like we saw him next to Luca still look super effective. I haven't seen quite like the Jamal Murray level of like postseason run from him. So he's like a couple spots lower, but uh he, he's in that tier to me and I have him above like I have Shea at a spot lower because like I think he's way more reliant on free throws like you said um, and a lot of his efficiency comes in ways that I just don't like know translates to the playoffs like I, I know now with Brunson um, so you know I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep going and I'll, I'll go through the rest of my tier after but like that's that's kind of the top of that tier for that yeah. reason. Um, I had AD after, so AD was 15 for me. Like almost everything I said about Bam is applicable to AD. I think his defense is fucking awesome. And I know that Jokic put up numbers against, against them, but like, look, man, Jokic is just, it just is what it is. Like you're not going to stop that guy from getting his numbers. Um, but I thought, I thought AD had a great playoff run. I thought his defense was standout. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you have Brunson over him actually. Yeah. I, I, I just, the offensive stuff with AD is weird. Like, I know his efficiency and stuff looks good, but he just feels like he disappears and floats around at times. Uh, and then the other part is just health. Like, he's just a fucking, every time he's out there, you're like, is your knee going to collapse? Like, are you just going to die on this possession here? But to his credit, like, he usually, like, he, like, dies five times a game, goes back to the locker room, and then somehow manages to come back out. Um so he's been somewhat resilient, but I, I the, the health is worrying to me. And I also don't like the stupid thing he does where he's like, he doesn't like defending the five all the time. So then they have to put like Vanderbilt at the five and then AD gets Roman. It's like, dude, you're fucking big now. Like just play the five enough. Um, so I knocked him a little bit for that. Cause I think, and I actually think Bam doesn't get enough credit for that. Like a lot of dudes, his size would not be like, they, they would not be able to ha- ha- hold up at the five the way he has. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you, AD is really, really good though. So I, I put him there. Um, obviously, as I said, Kawhi is just a health thing. If Kawhi is healthy, he's going to be way above. Jalen Brown 17 is probably the one that was hardest for me. Like in my heart of hearts, do I really think he's the 17th best player in the NBA? Probably not. But like... I didn't have him in my top 25. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think a lot of people wouldn't, but I'm just like, okay, I, I kind of feel a lot the way I feel about Tatum influences how I feel about Jalen Brown. Where like, I think some of the trickle down of Tatum not really being a championship number one offensive 
ball handler creator, if you want to put it that way, um, impacts Jalen Brown, who I do think actually has, I mean, he's got a great number two scoring skill set, but because they don't have a great point guard playmaker, it puts a lot onto Tatum's plate and to Brown's plate that they probably shouldn't have. And I think adjusting for that, and while his defense is overrated, it's still not like horrible or something like that. And I think he has moments where he's really, really like sometimes when he's on the ball and he really gets into it, like he can be a lockdown defender. So um, that I don't think it's a, it's it's hard to say that like he's just a product of being on a good team when like he's been central to that good team for a number of years. They've made what like five Eastern Conference Finals in the last six. They've made one NBA Finals. Um, so I just gave him kind of like, again, like, do I think he's a 17th best player in the league? No, but if I'm doing a ranking, I kind of have to like get over my own reservations at times and just like put guys where maybe they deserve to be. So I put him there based on all of that. Um, Donovan Mitchell was 18 for me, really good player. I think his peaks make people overrate what he is on average. Um, and I think his defense absolutely fucking sucks. One uh, thing on, on his, on Spider, like, yeah. so he, over the last six postseasons, uh, there's been this crazy kind of, like, ebb and flow to, like, is what is playoff Spider, right? Like, his first couple years were terrible. He had, like, I think 51 and 42 like 40 something true shooting those first two years in Utah next two years. It was like the bubble and the next year. So bubble, he's at like 70% true shooting. And the next year he averaged like five made threes a game um, in that postseason where Utah ultimately lost to the Clippers in seven, but like still like 60 plus true shooting. And then the last two years, he's back down around 50 uh, his last year in Utah and his first year in Cleveland. So like, I think sometimes people maybe index on those peaks more, but in four of six years, he's actually been like super inefficient in the playoffs. Um, and, and I also had him, I had him 19. I had him below again, Murray Brunson um, and even Shea by a spot, although that might not be fair, but he, he just hasn't like shown that ability to be super efficient in the postseason, and and I, I I have faith in his ability as a number two. We haven't really seen it, um, so I don't want to like dock him too much for that. Yeah, I think with Mitchell, like his he's just a very feast or famine type of player, which is why like I mean you see this in the regular season too, where he'll have like a month where he's just you know it's like he's yeah he's putting up twenty two a night, but it's like you know thirty one from three, and he's taking nineteen shots and. It's not beautiful, but then he'll get scorching hot, right? And he'll be like, "Oh my God, is he an MVP candidate?" Like Paul I mean, George, the, the shooting this year really did hit it. Like he was taking nine threes a game and hitting thirty eight percent. A lot of them pull ups. He like he ascended regular season this level to like pretty elite. But so like this is, I, I mean, I'll, I'll look it up right now. But if I remember correctly, didn't he start the like he was like a forty plus three point yeah. percentage for a while, right? And then like on as the volume, season. Yeah. Right, and I just think, like, this is, this is, I mean, this is why, like, Steph, right, is, like, a fucking alien, because you're like, oh, you shoot over 40% from three every year on insane volume, like... And a lot of that, pull-ups, right? Right, yeah. and and it's, like, the difference between a guy like Mitchell and Steph to me, I mean, there are a lot of differences, but, like, Steph, 
is when 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 his shot, right? When his three point shot on the nights where it doesn't he doesn't have it going, he can still find ways to score the ball at a high clip, right? He he can get into he and he's I think he's like he's just got this obviously the gravity he has warps defenses in you know like a way that is just one of one. Um, I th- always feel like with Mitchell, he has become so jumper happy that he doesn't go to the basket as much as he should. And I just think that like when that jumper abandons him for stretches, his level completely falls off in a way that a guy like Steph or even like Dame to an extent, um, that doesn't happen to them. And so, I don't know, w- between that and the defensive stuff, and then I also just like, I mean, this is part of it, like, he's just fucking corny to me. Like, I just feel like he's a really corny dude and I don't care for his like brand of leadership or whatever. And I kind of yeah, think he just, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really care about that, but like, I, I just think he's not, I thought he could just quit at various points in that Nick series. Like I just thought he quit in various games. I thought he quit on Utah. I mean, that was very evident again in that series against Dallas. I thought he quit in that series too. I, I'm gonna dock him for that because I just think that's bullshit. Um, and then I had Fox at 19. Fox might be like higher in a year if he just does what he does because I think I saw enough in that Golden State series. I know the game seven was awful, but I saw enough in that Golden State series where I'm like, okay, this guy can be like he's a problem. He's just his speed, his ability to get into the teeth of the, of the defense and, and score and create. I wish he was a little bit better of a passer. Um, I wish he leveraged his penetration to, to find teammates more, but um, I, I just thought I was really, really impressed with what he did this past season and in that playoff series. Um, and then I had Edwards at 20. Edwards is just like, I don't even, there's really not much to say. Like, he's awesome. He's going to become more awesome. He will probably be a top 10 player within the next two seasons, if not higher. So He got me my yeah. best performing tweet ever. So that's- Yes. Which is important. And then again, I had Trey at the very bottom of this list, which already went over. Um, yeah, I think um, so. I think where I disagree with um, so there's a couple of guys I had in the tier above from you guys, and then I think there's a couple of guys I have here that it sounds like both you're higher on. So I had SGA in the tier above. Um, I'm actually very high on him. I have very we were talking about this in the Discord yesterday. I have very few questions, frankly, about him translating to the playoffs. Um, I think that. You know, the, the three-point shooting percentage isn't great, but the mid-range pull-up is very effective. And this is not, like, some old-school take or whatever, like, you know, like, mid-range. But, like, I just think you need to have the ability to pull up as well as attack the rim in the half court. He can do both um, as an initiator, so I'm a, a lot higher. And I think that he, he, it's just been a shit show there for so long. Um, the fact that they did as well as they did last year when they probably, if Presti had his way, would have wanted to just tank. Um, that speaks a lot to him. Um, you know, they've, they've got some interesting young guys. I'm interested to see what happens with Chet. I do think the playoffs are a real goal for them, but I had him a tier higher. I had AD a tier higher because, uh, when healthy, I think I'm not sure there's a better defender in the NBA. Um, he, like the only guy I think that would be on that level is AD is Giannis. Um, and so uh, as a defender, um, there are some offensive shortcomings and there's health, but I had him in the tier above. Um, but this, so this area, I, I had 14, 25. So since I already, I'll do 14 and 21. I had Jimmy because I think he is, I still don't know that you win a championship with him as your best player, although they have come close. 
Um, but I think there's there's some offensive limitations there. Um, but obviously brings so much to the table and intangibles. He is like the archetype. PG is the same thing. Like like the ideal number two scorer. He can also guard both ways and be a really impactful defender. I just haven't seen him really have the kind of playoff success that would warrant him being in another tier. I know that maybe sounds critical because I had SGA higher, but we've seen PG in the playoffs for so many years, and like you know, there to me, there's just like another level I wish he had. But uh, hasn't, that hasn't PG like? I mean, he led. I know, and this was a much younger PG, but like he led Pacers Indeed. to the East Finals twice. He he led the Clippers there with after Kawhi went down a couple of years ago. Like he's he's actually to me like shown more when he's had to be a number one than than you would really expect from like just kind of I think the way he's talked about yeah, and no. and then and then he's skill set wise to me he's like we were talking about Jalen Brown earlier or Schwinn you were as like kind of that like perfect number two I think PG is a better version than that yeah, like I, yeah. I I actually had. PG in a similar spot like I had him at 21 so I'm not like yeah. but for, for me that was more just like age and health related like I, I have very few questions about I mean so I, I think at this stage in his career I would I think the indie version absolutely I think you're right even a few years ago but at this stage in his career I think he's best as like the ideal number two the indie indie movie version of PG yeah, and and also if if Chris Copeland played in that Knicks series <laughs> indie might not have made the final <laughs> well I, I, I will say this like we talk about his play on the pod there's obviously rumors of like the Knicks. I mean, not rumors, but the Knicks talk to the Clippers about PG. Um, I was on board with that. Like, I would. I know that RJ Barrett is young, and PG is 33, and he's old and or older, and he's injury prone and whatever. But like, I think if you add a guy like PG to this Knicks roster, and basically in place of RJ Barrett, that you are now a legitimate contender. Assuming you can make like, if PG is healthy for the playoffs, that team is a legitimate contender to me. So I. I, I respect the talent. I think he's really, really good. It's just the injury stuff is like, you know, I, again, I, I, I think I docked guys more for injuries than you guys did. So like, um, I didn't even, I had him as honorable mention and he was just outside for me if I was doing it, but like, it's just tough, um, with the injuries. But yeah, I mean, his skill set is awesome. And I agree with you. I think though that OKC, like that two year run, right? Where he's in OKC, they get gamed by Lillard and then, the next year in the bubble where he has that was a bad shot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad, that was the, his reaction to that was embarrassing. Then he, uh, you know, didn't have the bubble thing where he's like, he clowns Lillard. He has a terrible playoff run. They that game seven them. was so weird. Yeah. Uh, the they Clippers pissed against them, the so, yeah. And then Kawhi was guilty. Then, yeah. That they, yeah. They pissed themselves in that series. It was just a fucking bizarre thing. And I think that that just killed his reputation so much. Um, but like to your point, the next year, you know, they're down actually two one to Utah in the Western Conference semifinals, Kawhi's out. They won three in a row. PG was great in those games. And he was, I thought, great in that Western Conference finals against a Suns team that, quite frankly, like had way more firepower and outmatched them. So I do think that there's some, like... Look, it's... I PG was very corny for a very long time. And I was... I loved to make fun of him as much as anybody. Uh, but I actually... I really do feel like I mean, he's talked about it at the bubble. He, I mean, he at the time I think he said that he had like he needed like he was struggling with like mental health issues or something like that, like whatever it was. And, and he's talked about getting help for it. And I think like I don't know when you see him on this podcast and stuff now. Like I just feel like you can see that he seems like in a way better mental space. He seems like way more at peace with who he is and and all that stuff. And I, I think that's reflected in like when I see him play now. 
in those kind of moments where I always felt like he used to be very frenetic, he's become a lot more calm. And that was clear to me in that Western Conference Finals run they had where I just thought he was fantastic in that entire stretch. But yeah, I had him at 15 um, at the top of this tier. Um, I think, like, yeah, if you can guarantee health, there's definitely an argument for him to be higher. I had Brunson at 16. Uh, I think the ne- the next part of my list is pretty similar. Brunson, 16. Um, Mitchell, 17. Uh, Mitchell, I think, had a better regular season, but I cannot put him over a guy who just outplayed him pretty thoroughly two years in a row in the playoffs. Um, I had Fox at 18, and I, I think you're, everything you said about him, I agree with completely. Uh, I have Bam at 19. Um, I'm probably a little bit lower on the offense than you guys. I do think there's a good amount he takes off the table. How how did you end up lower on Bam than me when you've been like the Bam guy? Um, <laughs> have, I, have I been the Bam guy? You've always been the Bam guy. You're the Bam's like you're like I think he's super underrated. I think, I think every year I've been expecting him. So I'll say this: I think whenever we do like our preseason, like you know how we expect you know the over under stuff and all that. I always feel like there's another gear he can reach offensively. Um, and I always end up a little bit underwhelmed by that. Um, but that's also, but I think what he gives you on defense is pretty, um, is pretty great. Um, I just think the guys I have, like the only two, the only bigs I have above him are, uh, the, the finals MVP, a two time former MVP, uh, the reigning MVP, however you want to qualify that. NAD, right? So those are the only bigs I have about, and everyone else I have above him um, at different positions is is more of an offensive threat, uh, significantly more so, like uh, as a creator. Um, so I had Bam nineteen, I had Jaw twenty. Um, where I I think I'm a little bit lower on Murray than Simon. Um, I probably did dock him, maybe unfairly so, for the context he has. Um, but I I I think that I'm not. I, I would put Brunson over him, for example, because I'm. Like, I have more confidence in Brunson being able to do a lot of the off-ball stuff that, that Murray does. Um, I don't think he's a bad off-ball player by any means. I think he gets an unfair rap because of how much he isolates. But he's a, like, he was, I think, he shot like 48% on um, catch-and-shoot threes. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities because of how much he's relied on. So I think if you put him next to a guy like Jokic, I think he'd be pretty damn good. Um, but then I do think Murray has a little bit more, uh, is, is better on defense. So, you know, I think I would, I would give that, but I, I ended up a little bit lower on Murray. Uh, so he was 21 and then, um, yeah, so that's my 14, 21. I already mentioned the guys at 22, 25. And, and for me, this was all one big giant here. Yeah. And I, I, um, I think we should, you know, move, move past this tier. I've already kind of talked through my guys as, as y'all went through, but just, I'll just read them off. So, I, w- I had Murray 15 and then Bam, Brunson, Shea, Mitchell 19, Jalen Brown and Paul George 2021, and then 22 23 is where I had Draymond and Drew Holiday. Um, I don't know if you guys had Holiday, but like. I forgot Drew should have been in my honorable mention also, but I didn't have him in top 25. Yeah, he's so. honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, he's similar in, in that mold to me of just like, I mean, I, I think the Brown, George, Draymond, Holiday tier is like, all guys you just really fucking want on your team. Um, but, but, you know, leave, leave something to be desired in, in, in a like offensive creation um, to different degrees, obviously. And then, you know, the, the defense um, for Drew and just like that winning mentality, uh, those kind of things I, I just value so much, but we can, we can move on. Um, I, I, if y'all don't mind, I kind of I have this mini tier at twelve and thirteen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so like eight through 11 were guys who I could see being like top five and it was just injury age stuff. Um, and then, then 12 through 13 is where I had Damian Lillard and Anthony Edwards, uh, who I saw as like the top two guys that kind of like, I don't, I really don't think they can be number ones. Um, whereas I'll, I'll just say now, like when you get up to the tier above, it's like Embiid, AD, KD, and LeBron. Like those guys are all number ones to me. Um, maybe, you know, to, to different degrees, but um, there, but there's just so many like questions with their health and stuff. And then Dame and Edwards, it's like, I think they're just a step below, but to your point earlier, she went about like guys who can do it on one side of the ball. Dame, if Dame goes to Miami, like they could win the championship and he could be their number one offensive option. I just like, I have Jimmy Butler higher because I think Jimmy Butler would still be the best player on that team. Um, so like, that's, that's kind of how I view Dame. And, and yeah, like postseason, there have been, he's been inconsistent in the postseason. I don't think he's like been bad by any stretch. Um, but, but I mean, his definitely- best, yeah. And his best teammate has been CJ McCollum, right? Like they got one yeah. year with that LaMarcus group, which whatever. But like, I, I just think with Dame, the, well, I ended up having him, I have him 10th. Um, and like where I'm at with Dame is it's very fun to clown on his, recent turn into like the biggest cornball in the NBA. Um but the season he just put up this year was fucking bonkers. Considering large stretches he was arguably the best. Yeah, I mean and, and you, the rest of the, there it's not a shock that as soon as he sat there they totally went into the toilet. Um I don't think I like Simons as a player. That fit is it just is not, he in your honorable mention by the way. I think cuz he is from No, he, he didn't he didn't have him in my honorable mention. Um, but like as good as he is, um, like as a, as a shooter or whatever, it's the, it's a CJ thing, right? So whatever, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, and then I like to your point about Butler, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, I have all these questions about Dame, but now if I put Dame on this Miami team and it's like him and it's Butler and it's Bam and there's just a bunch of fucking random, you know fucking creative players that Miami signs from the G League. Like, will they... I, I mean, I'm just like, I think I think that's, like, the best team in the East, probably. Like, I I don't know. Like, those pieces just fit really well, right? Like, Dame with Butler with Bam, you can kind of just see how that makes sense. And then, like, yeah. Then I also just, wonder if Bam would unlock some of the off-ball stuff for Dame. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe. And then, I mean, and, and Spolster will be more creative, probably, in how he uses him and whatever. But, like, you know, and then you like you're like, okay, well, if they actually won a championship, I mean, that changes so much for all those dudes, but especially Dame, I think, where it's like we've just never seen Dame play with like a top flight star, and so when you haven't seen that, it's really tough to like account for it properly. And this is this is also why, like, I've said this numerous times now this summer, but like, I don't really understand. Like, I get that Jalen Brown is younger. And he's theoretically, oh, you have two wings. You don't want to break them up. I'm trading Jalen Brown in a fucking second for Dame if I'm, if I'm Boston. Because I just think, like, again, we've never seen Dame with a top-flight guy. Like, and he, and we, But we know what he's capable of. And that's being an elite first-team All-NBA caliber guard. 
Yeah, and, and like, he would be like so perfect playing next to a guy like Tatum. That's that's kind of another version of the Butler example, right? Like right. Tatum might be the best player on that team, but like Dame can be the offensive engine and like and fits so well. Like he really can play with like any elite wing or big in the league. Like I, I wouldn't really see an issue there. Yeah. So so the the I mean the tier he's in is I have him I have higher, him, higher, yeah. higher. So okay. yeah, so I just I had him and Ant here. Maybe maybe yeah. I should have Dame higher. I think part of it is there is like some age and health stuff there too. Not as much as the guys above. Um Ant to me, like I couldn't put him above Dame just because I'm just not quite ready to say he can definitely do like the things we were just talking about that Dame I think we're all pretty comfortable that he can do. Uh, but Ant, like, I could just see, like, I mean, we've all said it. Like, he could be a top 10 player next year. Um, I think that's he, the one guy I'm, I'm going to regret not having a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair, there's some projection here. But, like, at the same time, I, I think he was the best dude on Minnesota in that playoff series. Like, I think he was definitely yeah. better than Cat. And yep. they scared the hell out of Denver. Like, it was five games, but it was – it, it was very close to going six. And um, did someone on Denver just say that they were the toughest series? Minnesota I think you could argue. Like it, it's, it's probably funny cat. It's probably cat. It's probably cat. It's probably cat. <laughs> um, no, I think I it was mean, someone you, on Denver. But sorry, go ahead. I think they didn't Bruce really Brown, have Bruce a Brown tough series, right? Like you could like Phoenix was the longest series. I think it was also the easiest series um, in a weird way. Whereas like the Lakers got swept but pushed them harder. I think Minnesota definitely pushed them harder. Um, but Ant is just like right there already to me. He's, he has like unquestioned, like go-to guy ISO stuff, but he also is just like, can really play off ball. Like he's a shooter, he can cut. Um, and he's just like such an amazing defender. Like he, he gives me like modern day Kobe MJ. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be. You heard it here first guys. Simon thinks. Simon thinks Anthony Edwards is going to be the greatest player of all time. No, no, no. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, that style of player, like, yeah. as the – like, I could see Ant Edwards playing, like, for prime Phil Jackson and just being, like, the – Well, he, he's guy. he's got, like, the – it is the in-a-lab wing toolbox, right? He's got all of that. And he's not even tapped into, like, oh, I'm a gigantic monster. Let me work on a post game. Like, he hasn't even tapped into – to some of that stuff and and you can still see like he's he gets away with so much shit because he's just so fucking talented and he's so athletic right his physical abilities are so crazy so like he'll make bad decisions but they are fine because he's just like yeah no i'm i'll just jump really high and like it'll be fine they'll figure it out in the air um yeah no he's great and i think his defense especially the second half of the year and then in the playoffs i thought was legitimately like good and and at, if nothing else you know that he has that ability to raise his defensive game when required. So um, that's a really big thing. That's something Dame doesn't have. Dame's defense is awful. It'll probably always be awful. And he doesn't even compete on defense, which I think is like a fair thing to knock him for. Because he's he's 33. Like, are you really going to all of a sudden morph into like, oh, no, I care on defense now? Give me a break. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, like, I, I this tier for me, I, I listed these guys. I didn't have, Ed, I had Edwards lower, obviously, but I'm really high on him long term, so whatever. Um, but this year was I had six guys in it, and it was great engines, just play style efficacy questions late into the playoffs. Dame, I've talked about this previously, but like 
awesome offensive player. He doesn't have like the constant change of speed stuff to operate in the mid range in tight playoff game situations, which I think hurts him. Um, like you see a guy like Brunson just be able to constantly live in that that area. Um, I think the best playoff scorers are able to operate in those areas. Um, I think that's something Steph like he had to improve his strength, um, which was part of it too. But like he's when he needs to, he can get into that mid range floater area and like make things happen. That's just not something Dame has ever really demonstrated. I think that holds him back a little bit. Um, I had so this is I'll just give you the list I had. This is from seven to twelve. Embiid seven, Luca eight, SGA nine, Dame ten, Durant eleven, Booker twelve. I didn't feel great about putting Luca or SGA this high, but I also felt like I needed to. Um, Luca just like look, we've seen him do it in the playoffs at a high level. I don't know if you can win playing this way, this like super helio thing where, and he doesn't make himself available off ball at all. He doesn't do anything off ball. Um, I I don't know. Like we've seen, we how saw much this, of that is a Jason Kidd thing, and how much of that is him? I think that no, I think it was a Luca thing. Rick Carlisle, then Rick Carlisle was doing it. Rick Carlisle, look at it. Look at how the Pacers play. Like they're like up tempo, constant movement, moving the ball. Like that. That is this is a Luca thing. This is something Luca needs to get over. Um, and like we saw this fucking thing for years, right? We saw this for years with James Harden, and every year, mm-hmm. oh, it's just fucking. He's so good. And look at the numbers and blah blah blah. Okay, that's great. Is this a sustainable thing to win a championship? I don't know. I don't think so. We've not seen it. I mean, the one guy who did it is like LeBron, and that's fucking LeBron. Like, I'm sorry. And like, they did it once, right? Right. I mean, that, granted, they were going up against the Warriors, but uh, yeah. Yeah, like it's. I mean, his Le- best teams were really those Miami teams. So. Right. Yeah. So, like, uh, and, and the, when they won with the Lakers, they didn't play like this super Helio style. So, um, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions with them. SGA, like, I, he's a really confusing player for me because I actually agree with almost everything Simon said. But I also am like, I just think he probably will be fine in the playoffs because he does have a good mid-range game. Um, I like his change of speed. I like the fact that he can dec- his deceleration and all that stuff is fantastic. I mean, he's better at getting to the rim than pretty much any other guard in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I in think, court, at least. I know his defense has dropped off over the, like, since, I mean, he came in as like a highly touted defensive prospect. Hasn't necessarily been the case as he's developed offensively. Um, but, like, I think in the playoffs, he's probably not a guy that you can, like, hunt and, you know, he's not going to be a total liability out there. So I'm fine with that he's stuff. He's a massive wingspan, too. Yeah, so like, yeah. Like, it's um, definitely, like, for me, I think it's had a lot to do with the fact that they're just a shit show. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I had SGA 9, then I had Dame 10. We already talked about Dame a bunch, so I don't feel like going into that again. Durant 11, Booker 12. I kind of wanted to flip him, but I guess I just gave Durant the edge if, if I'm just, like, absolute best version Durant absolute best version is better than a lot of these guys but like the health concerns me he doesn't get to the rim at all anymore like not even a little bit doesn't get to the line at all he's become this weird like he does this weird thing now where he's just like like because he's such a great great shooter he's decided that he's gonna like prove the stat boys wrong and just take like five billion mid-range shots per game which is fine, but I think there's drawbacks to that in the playoffs, which we've seen over the last two years. And the bigger thing for me that we've seen in the last two years is when he's played, had gone up against teams that have 
big physical wing defenders, they give him problems. And he can't get into his comfort spots as, as well. He's not as efficient. They can take his legs out from him. I think defensively he's fallen off pretty significantly. And he's a fucking loser, and I don't like him. So um, he doesn't get to go in my top five. All you need to say, sure. And he can be he can be right here. He can be I, number I think, eleven. I think this is so like I'm I'm gonna end up being put in a position here. I mean, Stacey, I'm curious where you have him, but like where I have to really go to bat for Devin Booker. And I like don't feel that amazing about Devin Booker, but I have him like very near the top of my list. Um and I'm not convinced convinced that Devin Booker when healthy is like in a tier above Durant like I think they're pretty comparable I just think again age and and durability and and also Booker is like coming off of absurd just absurd postseason just real quick the only reason I'd Booker this low because I love his skill set I love his game his elimination game stuff has been bad like he's not performed well in elimination games and I'm not saying that's like like, you know, is there, does it mean something that he hasn't played well in elimination games, but he played well in like game five of the NBA finals? I don't know. Probably not. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's played what, three elimination games? He's not been good in them. I'd Including like to that see. that one absolute disaster against Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah. That was I, all on him, but the loss of what, 30 yeah, that points, was, and it wasn't competitive. I, I mean, even this year was atrocious. This year was atrocious too against Denver. Um, so, like, I don't know. That stuff really worries me. And honestly, that's like a, that's the thing with Durant, too. Like, he's won... I mean, that Clippers series, let's put the cards on the table here. Like, yeah, they both put up great offensive numbers. Kawhi played two games. PG didn't play. The rest of that Clippers team was terrible defensively. Um, the Denver series, like, you know, of course, Booker, tier, he was historically, like, incredible for, what, the first four or five games of that series, whatever it was. Um, but, like, the end of these series for for Booker and then for Durant the last couple of years has just not been great. And, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, sometimes, you know, I'm like, man, I'm really in my hater bag with this Durant thing. But then I, like, honestly, I look at it logically and I'm like, I don't know. Like, if he wasn't Kevin Durant, if he was Paul George and he had the same exact playoff exits the last two years that we've seen, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, he's still a top five guy. I'm not saying you guys are saying this, by the way. But, like, he just gets this weird, like, he's still top five thing, and I just don't really understand it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, it is... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just I just saying I agree. I mean, I have I have KD, and, and again, I have him in this tier of, like, guys that... I, he's he's my 10th ranked player. So, like, it's more of a Booker thing than a KD thing. Yeah, I have KD at eight. So, I'll read off the... So, I, I my tier two is three through 13. So, that, but I will say the top... The guys three through six, it's um, it's three guys who, because of availability issues, like I couldn't put in, like I, I put them in this tier, and then it's Luca, uh, and it's completely fair. If you want to break the t- them into their own tier, you probably could. Um, I kept them in this tier as well because, like, I think the way I thought about tier one versus tier two was like, just they instantly make you a contender regardless of team fit. The two guys I have in tier one, tier two, either because of availability issues or because. Like they can be your best guy, but you need a like a specific context. They're they're not as. Um, but seven, I had Dame seven. Um, I think where I would disagree was like I think his offensive ability is so high. 
And maybe it's, you know, you can dock him a little bit for the playoffs. I still think if Miami won the championship, mm. yeah, he wouldn't be their best two-way player. He certainly would take a lot off the table on defense. But I think that if they won in that scenario, he would probably, like, that involves him being there, like, so much better on offense, I think, than the other two that I do think he would be their best player. Uh, I get the argument for it being Jimmy. So I had him at seven. I had KD at eight. Um, to answer your question, Shwin, because fairly or unfairly, right, he has a very unprecedented skill set at that size. Seven feet tall with that kind of handle, that kind of shooting ability, people just haven't seen that. Um, and, you know, he, like in one-on-one, if, if you were talking about like a one-on-one tournament, he very well could win. Um, there's no question about that. But in terms of, you know, and I think he has the ability to be a better playmaker. I think some of the stuff he did on defense in OKC, people forget. But at this stage in his career, based on one, availability, two, I think some of the play style things that you mentioned, um, I don't know if that's a mental thing. I think he's very capable of playing in a more motion-oriented offense and playing in more ball movement. But um, He doesn't yeah, want it, to. I mean, th- this is what it is. Like, he... We saw this in Golden State, right? Like the first year, he was all bought in. It was kumbaya. He's moving off the ball. Everything is wonderful. Um, and then after that, he realized, oh, I'm not just going to get all the credit when we win championships. Nobody's. It's not my team. Uh, and then they like had to cater more and more stuff to him, more ISO stuff. He leaves. He goes to play with the fucking most ISO guy in the league. They don't want a coach, right? They did, literally did not want a coach. Um, they didn't have a coach it's for more, about two years. It's more of a collaborative process. Yeah, yeah. And we're all the coach. Some days yeah. I'm the coach. That was not him. That was Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. No, but he 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 echoed those thoughts, and he's it's what it is. He wants to play this way. This is what he wants to do. Like people got to stop. I'm not again. I, I know you're not necessarily saying this, but like people always do this thing where it's like, oh well, if he played, he fucking was in that team. He was. He had that situation. He had that situation made for him. If he wanted that, he could have stayed there forever. They probably would have won like. 75 championships but it, no he he didn't want it because he couldn't get over the fact that like yeah guess what dude if you go to like steph curry's team it's still steph curry's team that it that's what happens like you can win all your fucking fake, fake finals mvps you want um like i want iguodala <laughs> yeah i want iguodala taking a shot but like come on like being super harrison barnes like relax like it just he doesn't want to play that way. He he wants to be this ISO guy, and that's fine. Like and a he's lot of supremely talented, yeah. And a lot a lot of wings, like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like the greatest wing scorers play. A, a lot of them are ISO heavy dudes. It's not like a unique to Kevin Durant, but it is what it is. Like that's you know, I, I just Durant. He he just gets. I I don't know a guy that gets talked about like this. That's like it's like we have to ignore all the fucking shit we've seen over the last few years just to keep, oh, he's top five. He's maybe the best player in the league. And, and that, that comes down to, again, a very unprecedented skill set, right? And it, you talk about building someone in a lab, like, if you could get him to play that way, um, but I, I'm with you, and I had him at eight. Um, I had Tatum at Way nine. too high. <laughs> I had Tatum at nine. I think, like, it's weird because I think you used to be higher on Tatum than I was. Oh, I didn't know higher on him on this list, too. What? I ended up with him higher. Yeah. I think I've reacted a, like I think he's still pretty young and I think people are overreacting a little bit to some of I don't even like he's had some really good playoff performances too. Uh and I still believe in him eventually getting to that MVP level. I mean he's he's only twenty four. Um I, I think it could happen as soon as next year. Um and Hopefully as like not. a two way as a two way wing, 
Um, there's like he again. It's a lot of the same stuff we're saying. Yeah. You'd like him to get better at getting to the rim and some of that stuff, and it's a little concerning. Um, but just he's a prototypical scoring wing who's really good playmaker too, and a really good defender. Um, yeah, I mean he's he reminds me a lot of Durant actually um, in terms of like I don't think he has the pure scoring like that top 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 level Durant has as a scorer. I don't think he has that. I think that. he's also a better playmaker. Yeah, I think he's a better better playmaker. I think he's a better defender than Durant ever was. Um, I, uh, and, Durant was pretty good in OKC. I'm never going to agree on this. I always thought he's a vastly like, even, underrated defender. I think that I don't know. Before that, like, I really did think they were going to that 3-1 series with Golden State. Like, I think he, a lot of what he did that one year, and they had Ibaka, cool. they had all the 6'10 dudes. For stretches, it really looked like um, anyway, I thought he enabled them to do more. So, yeah. but, I mean, I think, but now look, at this, I think we both agree right now. He's, he's yes, yeah. but yeah, like T- Tatum is weird. About, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about him once I get up to that. But like, yeah, he's obviously very, very good. But yeah, and I mean, then, Book, Booker, Durant, whatever, those guys are cool to me. But yeah, uh, and then tenth, this is where I probably, I think, a huge departure. Just one MVP. The playoff stuff. The I, the fact that he hasn't been past the second round. Um, I, for the record. And higher, I think, on the Knicks trading for Embiid than you are. Um, but I'm I do sure have, you are. <laughs> I have him at ten. Uh, I think you, like his defensive impact is is kind of underrated. Um, like I think that he hasn't always been put in the best situations. Um, I mean, I remember like that playoff series where Kawhi hit the shot. I think they were they won Embiid's minutes by eighty seven. Points. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's shown me that I do think one we're forward looking. So health is always going to be questioned with him. Um, I think like his play style has some limiting factors that are difficult to ignore at this point in his career. Uh, so I had him ten, and then eleven Booker, twelve. I had Anthony Davis. Um, it, I think I think it's fair to have him lower just based on health. But like when healthy, there's like one or two guys on his level defensively. And then thirteenth, I had SGA. I think I echo your thoughts pretty much completely on SGA. Yeah, I, I think like it's interesting with Embiid. So I mean, like I said, I had this eight through eleven tier was Embiid, AD, KD, and LeBron for me. And like I really had a hard time ranking them. I think this was like the toughest group. Embiid is actually like maybe the most reliable from a health standpoint. At least him or LeBron, like he at this point, I think he's just straight up a lot more reliable than AD or or Durant. Um, he's played like. 60 something games the last two seasons whereas like ad and kd are in the like 30 to 50 range every year at this point um it's just like such a ridiculous level of inavailability that i i i don't know and then Embiid, like yeah he gets hurt every postseason but he also plays through these injuries and then he like has ineffective numbers and and gets docked for that and like i i'm not not docking him because like I, I'm only going to give someone credit for what they do. I'm not going to be like, oh, he was bad, but it's he would have been good if he was healthy. I just, I still think being like bad and hurt is better than just not playing. Um, kind of like how I view like 2016 Steph. Like I'm not going to like, you know, drop him on my all-time list because he was like subpar. Um, but Embiid has just like at the end of the day, I don't know. I have him top of that group. Um, AD, I have 
above Durant just because I, I think AD, like if health wasn't an issue, would easily be number one of this group. He's like the best defender in the league probably. He fits with other good players better than I think Embiid does conceptually. Um, but but health just matters. And and KD, I kind of see as similar to AD. I just I think AD impacts the game on both ends more at this point. LeBron was the hardest to rank here because like I think he can reach a higher ceiling than all of these guys. Um, but he just picks his spots so much at this point <laughs> that it's really hard for me to like put him higher. Like he just, you, you can't reasonably expect him to like consistently go out there and dominate the game on a night to night basis. Um, you know, during the season, during the postseason, like he, he needs to pick his spots. And I think it's just, it's too apparent to me that AD is a better player than him at this point when they are both healthy and on the court for me to put LeBron above AD, even though like at the same time, when you factor in his ceiling, like in moments and his availability, like. And just the fact that he's a creator, which is like harder, like it's harder to be like, I, I know or not harder. That's not the right word, but it's like ultimately, right. If you, creation offensive creation shot creation whatever i feel like that's the most important skill set so i'll always give a, i agree with you like i actually do think ad is over like the course of a season is a better player than him but in those key spots key moments like i don't know how to i i just feel like because i'd rather have i'd edge it to lebron they're not even edge it like i'd clearly trust lebron in those moments more than ad I feel like I still have him that high. I ended up having LeBron five, which like I did not expect when I started doing this. I don't, and yeah. I still don't feel, I don't even feel great about it. Cause I'm like, he just, there's no way to make sense of LeBron anymore. Right. Cause well, he's especially like, now that Austin Reeves is their primary creator. Right. So. Oh, yeah. There you go. But like, he's, I mean, Austin Reeves probably should have gotten a little bit of an honorable mention. Maybe, but we'll see if he does it again next year. Um, but like LeBron just, he, I don't know how to, he breaks my brain, dude. He's like 39. He is not what he was, but he's still very good. But he doesn't play 82 games all the time anymore. But when he plays, he still plays a lot, and he still looks really, really athletic. But he doesn't try on defense. But when he does try on defense, he's still really good. He just is so confounding. And, like, I don't know. It always feels like when I'm ranking him, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, he's not a fucking top five guy anymore. Come on. But then when I'm doing a list, I'm like, this doesn't look right. And, and he just put up 28, 29, <laughs> yeah. 8, and 7 on, I don't know what the true, probably close to 60, 58 true shooting, which is yeah, um, just... below his career average. But, like, that's still, like, yeah, that's still a pretty elite player. And, like, again, like, that's not even his peak, right? We know. Yeah, I just, it's, he just is, he's so hard to talk about in the present because he's already done. I mean, he's, you know what I mean? Like, his career is so incredible. So you're just like, I don't know what to do with it anymore. So I just, whatever you think about it, LeBron was number five for me because I was just like, fuck you. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I might I might be over-indexing on that Warriors series too. I just felt like everything in that, that was the yeah. first time I can remember in, I don't even know, maybe ever in a Steph series that like the number one, like the entire series strategically started from the point of how do we like scheme against AD. Like that was what impressed me so much about AD. It was like that's that's the starting point for the strategic battle. Is like how do we take this guy 
out of the game defensively. And then it was obviously Steph and then it was LeBron. Like he was the third most like difficult problem for coaches to solve in that series. Um, and I just think that puts him kind of at a different point at this stage in his career. But again, like I might be over indexing on that one matchup. Um, he's also going to be 39 next year. Yeah. But uh, I like, makes, so my, he makes no sense. <laughs> he just he makes, makes no sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to kind of get, get into it. I, my, my four through seven, this is where it just got weird to me. Cause like, I, I feel weird having these guys or at least some of these guys above guys in the previous tier, but it's like when you factor in availability, uh, age, things like that. I had Tatum, Booker, Luca and Butler. Um, so Tatum and Booker were like four and five for me. I think that I, I would, I would put Jimmy Butler first in this group. I really wanted to just, he's like my favorite player of this group. Um, but again, I think it's just an age thing more than anything. Um, I had Tatum first because he's just the most, he's had such consistent team success over the last several years. He's durable. He's the best of like, or not the best of, I'd put Butler as a better defender, but he's a better defender than Booker or Luca. He's super scalable. Like he's been miscast as a number one and he's still like almost won a championship. Um, which is just kind of crazy to me. And I think it's super unfair, like the flack he gets for his shortcomings um, when you get that deep into the playoffs. Like you can you can give him that flack compared to the top, top guys like who have done it. But I don't want to hear like about his shortcomings compared to dudes who literally haven't even gotten as far as he does. Um, and then... I think part of it is also... Sorry to... to yeah, yeah, like, no, part yeah. of it is also we've expected him to ascend to like MVP level and to be that, like he hit that level or close to it so early yeah. that it's almost, that's almost, he's almost been a victim of kind of the expectations he brought on himself by, by outperforming so much that, um that I think that's part of it. But I, I think I agree with everything you said. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably fair. Um, I, I had Luca below Tatum and Booker just because like, yeah, he's a better offensive engine. He might be the best offensive engine or, or second or third best. Um, but like, I just have questions about the ceiling of that play style, like you mentioned earlier, Schwinn, and and I have questions about his value outside of that heliocentric style. Um, I could have put Jimmy above him too for that reason. Um, but but that was kind of that was that that group for me. Like all of these guys, I think have been the best player on teams that have gone deep into the playoffs over the last couple of years. Like they haven't gotten it done. But I think they all were close enough to getting it done that I'm like comfortable saying I could build like a, a title contender around these four guys. And they're all fairly durable, although like, you know, Booker, Luca, there's some questions. Um, yeah, so I... I guess the other question ahead. is Jimmy too, right? Durability. He played 64 games this year, but before that he hadn't played more than um, 60 games for... Um, a few seasons, right? Since 2018, well, and he's 33. Yeah. So that's I just me. count on him. Like in the postseason, though, is that's like fair. where he seems to yeah. just kind of always and, be. And and I think also it's worth mentioning, like some of this stuff is a little bit weird, right? Because we had the two COVID shortened seasons. Um, so that's, it's that's like, true. yeah, yeah, like so it's like I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't even. I don't even know how many games he played. If that makes it relevant or not, but um, I just wanted to go back real quick. Like. I had Embiid seven. He was at the top of my previous tier. Um, I'm like 
it's kind of funny. So this that tier that I had, which was Embiid, Luca, SGA, Dame, Durant, Booker. In some ways, a lot of these guys, like I don't know if I, I would almost prefer a lot of the dudes in the tier below them on my team because what I think is the situation with this group is I don't know if I entirely believe, I just I don't entirely believe in these guys being good enough offensive engines to be ones on a title team, and I don't know how a number of them, so in the case of like very specifically Embiid, Luka, SGA, those three, I don't know that they have the skill sets to play off of another guy at high usage. Like I know Harden played well with Embiid, but Harden played well off of Embiid. Embiid did not play well off of Harden. Like it's not it was not a situation where like, oh wow, Embiid is making his life so much easier. And I, I feel like that's a pro that's the thing with Embiid I I just feel very inherently is like we've like I've talked about this with, with you, Simon, about like I don't think Kobe gets enough credit for like all the big guys in his career had their best numbers playing with him. Like Shaq and Powell very specifically. I, guys, I, I mean Bynum was weird with the injury, yeah, but Bynum, but Bynum, Bynum too. Yeah. All those guys play like so he always gets a selfish label, which I just think is bullshit. Like I think yeah, maybe he didn't have you know, he never had like an eight assist season or whatever, but like he clearly was not a selfish player to me. Um I don't think I'm not saying Embiid is necessarily a selfish player, but what I do feel like the way he plays very much is about optimizing himself and it doesn't necessarily optimize the guys around him. And I think that's actually something you could levy at um, at both Luka. I mean, definitely at Luka. We've seen this now with multiple guys on his team. And SGA. Although with SGA, I'm a little bit more like, I just don't know right now what to make of it because he's just had a very weird last couple of years. But those like Embiid and Luka, I just feel like those guys take up all the oxygen in the room, the way they play. And it's up to everybody else to fit in around them. And I'm not sure they are good enough in the way they play, in the style that they play, to win a championship. Um, so the I'm only, like very, the only guy I think maybe in NBA history, definitely in my lifetime, that's been good enough at that is LeBron. Yeah. Like, if you're not LeBron, then like you just can't take up all the oxygen like that. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah, I just, I just, Embiid is a very weird one for me, um, but. Yeah, so this next year, the one that we were previously talking about, was uh, I had Butler at four, LeBron five, Tatum six. Um, Butler, like, again, it's one of those things where, like, when I'm writing the list, I'm like, is he really the fourth best player in the NBA? It feels stupid. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, but, like, again, he's been the best creator, arguably the only creator, you could say, uh, on a team that's been to two NBA finals in the last four years, that's been to an Eastern Conference finals, nearly got to the finals again that year against a team that they really had no business competing with that Celtics team. Um, they really shouldn't have beat the Celtics this year either to be for just going on talent. Um, but something about Butler, like that guy seems to elevate in the moments where he absolutely needs to elevate. I'm not saying he's Jordan. I'm not saying he's fucking LeBron or something like that. Like, but he just seems to have this ability to, when you gotta have it, he seems to get it together. Right. Um, do you think he's he not, was that good in the Knicks series? I mean, yeah, I know he's. I, 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 I know think he was I, the best player in that Knicks series for one. I don't think I don't think he was. I thought Brunson was a better player in that series, but like, 
I think Butler stepped up enough when they needed him to to win games. Um, you know, game one, I thought he was he stepped up in that second half and like took the game by kind of the scruff of its neck. You could get, you could say um, he really. I thought in the second half he totally dominated game one, took it from the Knicks. I thought game three and four were just weird. I don't even know what to say about them because the Knicks basically shit their pants. Um, game five, Knicks win. He didn't play that great in that. I thought game six, he was pretty good. That was a hideous game, though, so whatever. But, like, you know, I thought in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was the best player for long stretches of that. NBA Finals, not so much. But, like, the success they have had as soon as he's gotten to Miami, it means something. It has to count for something. And, you know, this is a little bit higher than I'd like to put him because of the durability, but I just... I'm going to value that consistent level of playoff success he's had. And that's also ultimately why I ended up putting Tatum at six, even though I do have reservations about him as like a true number one option. I actually have questions about all these guys as like the true unquestioned number one options anymore. And it's why in this group, the way I listed it was can be your best player, but maybe not your number one option and definitely needs another quality creator to decide. I, we saw that with LeBron this year. Like once they like, were like, okay, I guess we'll start Austin Reeves. That team took off. I know the trades helped too. Um, and like, you know, D'Lo sucked in the playoffs, but having him as a regular season guy that can create definitely helped. But once they got that help, like they took off as a team, right? And I thought LeBron especially looked really good in that stretch too. Um, Tatum, he to me is getting extended. Like I talked about when you talked about Jalen Brown. I just think he's extended beyond what you optimally want him to do. To me, he's a scorer. You really want to tap into his scoring more than having him have to be this like do everything wing. Like it's okay. Not every six eight, six nine wing that can handle the ball needs to be LeBron. It's okay. Like some of them can just be scorers first and secondary creators. And it's on you as a team to figure out how to get a better primary ball handler with them, which is why I think they should trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard. Um but like he's really good defensively. His offensive game Although he, when he's bad, he's so bad on offense. Um, but he has had big games and big moments. That game six last year in Milwaukee, uh, he was absolute fucking nails in that game. Again, the sustained the sustained success Boston has had with him in the team. And yes, I know they've had a lot of talent on those teams, um, but he's been a central component to all that. What again? I think it's like five Eastern Conference Finals in six years. They've had so many playoff wins. I mean, I think it's funny. Like, I still feel like there are a lot of people that have put Embiid over Tatum, but I, all I know is Boston kicks their ass every fucking time. And it's really hard to justify that at all after right. seven. I mean, and I'm not like, I'm not one of these people who's like, I don't like to look at specific series and be like, oh, this guy beat that guy, so he's better. Cause it's like, you get into the circular thing where like everyone has beaten someone else who beat them. And then it's like, there's, there's no way to, you have to just look at who's had the most overall success. Um, but like Tatum has also had that. So not only does he always win that matchup, but he all, does always go further in the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, we can, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I think the one guy lower than both of you on, at least in this is Jimmy. Um, I, do think like yeah like, i think it takes both as a great point like they've really ascended when he's been there um but like you look at the regular season numbers they're not as high as like some of the other guys here and he's a really good defender 
he t- steps it up in the playoffs. So I definitely get the ranking. I could definitely see a case for him being over, but um, you know some of the other guys. But like, uh, yeah, I, I I don't have him at four. For me, three to six was so. The only reason Steph is here and not in the first tier is just because at this point. I do have, you know, durability and availability concerns. Uh, otherwise, he's as good as the top two guys, I think, um, and can clearly be your number one. But for me, it was three Steph, four LeBron, five Luca. I do think he'll figure out the off-ball stuff, uh, especially this season. Still very young and just a phenomenal um, creator. And six Kawhi. Um, Kawhi, like, I think we're all in agreement about how we'd evaluate him. We've talked a lot about it. But, again, your mileage may vary based on how often you can actually rely on one of to be out there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we probably all have the same top three, maybe and even in the same order. Uh, I have Steph three, Giannis two, Jokic one. Uh, very, very basic to me. Jokic was the best player on the best team in the NBA. I did not think Jamal Murray was an all NBA guy this year. I don't I mean he didn't make the all-star team, even if he was an all-star caliber player. But I don't think this, this Nuggets team is like, People have talked about it as like this great collection of talent, and I just think Jokic makes all of it make so much sense. And I don't know, like Embiid's a a phenomenal center. If you swapped Jokic and Embiid, I think that Nuggets team is way worse. Um, He's incredible. What he's doing offensively is absolutely historic. I think there is a chance that at the end of his career, we look back and we call him maybe you know the greatest offensive big man ever. Um, one of the great offensive engines. I think it's possible. There's a there's an outcome. I'm not saying it's likely. I think there's an outcome where you're like greatest offensive engine even ever. Um, obviously, they need to have way more success in the playoffs. Continued success in the playoffs. But like what he did this year was just absolutely ridiculous. What he's been doing for the last few years, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. And I will say this: hand hands held up here. I've been super super critical of his defense. I've doubted whether you can win a championship with a center as bad as he is defensively or as subpar as he is defensively is probably a better way to put it. And I think part of that reason is I have just felt like, oh, well, when they play like the Warriors, Steph will kill him. And they didn't play the Warriors this year, obviously. And they killed everybody that they did play. But like, if, if one guy is maybe your kryptonite and that one guy is also like in the top three players in the league, Maybe that's not actually kryptonite. Maybe that's just like the one guy that is so fucking good he can murder you. Um, so I probably over kind of did that take, but he, I mean, look, his defense I thought in the playoffs was very solid. And I think he's gotten to a point now where he at least is consistently competing. He's in the right spots. He's a big dude. So just being in the right place does enough. And you can't say enough about it. Like, I have a lot, like, the reason I'm down on Embiid is I think to be a big guy, to be a number one option, it's really hard. Like, it's really, really hard. Jokic is the one dude because he can create off the bounce in a way that, like, I just don't think Embiid can or anybody can. No big guy can like him. Um, so, yeah, Jokic for me, number one. And you win the championship. I'm pretty consistent with this. You win the championship, you get to take the throne for the year. Um, Giannis, I don't really... I'm not that worried about what we saw in the playoffs. I think he rushed back from an injury. wasn't a hundred percent. Would I like if he had a little bit more finesse to his offensive game? Sure. But I think what he does is very, very good. 
I'd like to see his defense pick back up because I thought he dropped a little bit last year, but I still believe in him in the, over the next, you know, three, four or five years as being one of the guys. And I do think people are almost, I feel like we're forgetting how good he's been in the last two playoffs prior to this one. You know, they win the finals. I thought he was incredible against Boston and let's be fucking real. Middleton was not Middleton's for most of this past season. And Drew had another fucking dud in the playoffs. Like he's had a dud in the playoffs forever now. So that needs to be talked about. And then Steph is Steph. He's an alien. I don't think that team is even close to the playoffs this past season without him. That's about it. Like Steph is just, he's making that team work right now on his own in a lot of ways last past season. I do think they'll have a much better year this year. Um, the health concerns are valid, although I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not that worried about his health. And I I think they need like a Kaminga pop to happen. But if Kaminga can be a legitimate player, um, I still think they've got a shot. Kaminga yeah. pop sounds like a delicious um, <laughs> ice cream or popsicle for the summer. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. Um, yeah, I think we, we all have the same top three. I think it's actually a pretty huge gap between this group and the next group right now. Like Jokic, Steph, and Giannis are three guys where I'm just like, they absolutely, no questions asked, like, I, I can win a championship with this guy. And then after that, I'm like, I had Tatum and Booker next, but like y'all had them significantly lower. And I, I could see that I could put LeBron up. Here. Like it's, it's kind of this like morass from, and then there's like the, the injury prone guys and all that. But it's like these three, I just really don't have any questions about. Um, I, I also had Jokic number one. I think he's pretty undeniably the best player in the league right now. Um, that being said, I, I had Giannis number one coming into this past season. So maybe undeniably is too strong, but like, I think all three of them just present like, so they're almost unsolvable. They're all like unsolvable problems. Um, I, I had Giannis third because I think he's a tiny bit solvable. Uh, like there are ways to take him out of the game at least on the offensive end, but he's still like just a tier below Stefan Jokic offensively. And then he's like so good defensively. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, I think Jokic and Steph are just like almost historically, like the most unstoppable offensive players. And the reason, the reason I have Jokic higher is age durability. Um, and just this past postseason, he was obviously better. Uh, but like, like, like to me, there's really, no way to stop those guys from like driving championship level offense. Yeah, yeah, with you. Um, and then Stacy, I assume you you said you had Steph third. I did you have Jokic? Yeah, I did have Steph in the tier below just because. Um, I guess looking forward, I do have probably slightly more durability concerns than both of you, but offensively, yeah, when on the floor, and I probably am not giving him enough credit for. Yeah, that Golden State team, Clay has been in decline. Draymond has never been that creative an offensive player, um, you know. But he is declined. Pool hasn't taken maybe I mean, the pool situation was a little weird, but it really has been Steph. So, um, you know, I could definitely. We should, see we should ask Draymond about it. I'm sure he'll have thoughts. Yeah, and then the reason why I'd have Giannis over Steph again is probably the age thing a little bit, and just how impactful he's on defense. And even if you can, I do agree that there are ways to take him out of the game in the half court. 
but because of how good they are, like he enables them to do stuff on defense, he can get into transition. Uh, and then Jokic is, um, yeah, I don't think there's much more to be said there. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that's a good, pretty good place to end it. I mean, yeah, Jokic was just fucking ridiculous this year. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I've I've never seen a dude like yeah. uh, where I can't remember watching someone where like every time they made a mistake or like not it, it, every every time anything went wrong, I was like legitimately surprised. Like I feel like he just when he would turn the ball over this postseason, I was like shocked. And, and I'm not even saying he like, I don't even, I haven't looked at the numbers. He probably had plenty of turnovers, but it's just like, you're so used to seeing him make like the optimal basketball play every single time down the floor in a way that's just like completely unstoppable. Like, like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you, any defense you throw at him, he's just taking what you give him and he's able to, um, and it, it's like really insane to see that from anyone, let alone like a dude who's as like seemingly physically limited as he is. It's it's just it's crazy. Yeah, he's just I've never seen anything like it. He's an incredible, incredible player. Um, and I've actually looked. It's funny we have the last three champion guys, right? So yeah, yeah. So I I think last uh, three finals I'm, MVPs too. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited though to. For this Giannis thing, and I and I will I'll close this. I think Giannis. I think people are really sleeping on how impressive Giannis was during that championship run. Now, in retrospect, for whatever reason, I think that we do this anyway. But it's um, in a closer, right? Yeah, and and I just think like, look, I like Drew. I like Drew Holiday plenty. I I think Chris Middleton. If Chris Middleton ever gets healthy again, he'd be in the top twenty-five. By the way, um, but like. For Giannis, like Chris Middleton is actually their offensive engine. You know, they run. The I would ball say, I know, I no, no. I think his one Giannis dribble are, pull up, his two dribble pull. <laughs> I think Giannis is their engine, but I do think Middleton gives them the he gives them the the quality as a ball handler in end of game situations. That I mean, when him and Giannis run pick and roll at the end of games, that is a fucking devastating combination. They killed everybody with that when they won the championship. So, um, all right, I guess that's a good place to end it. Simon, let the people know where they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SimonCGO. Um, not much to plug. I think uh, we we did this. We did our all-time rankings that yes. came out recently. Um, so this is kind of a nice corresponding way of looking at things if you want to go back and, and listen to that one too. Uh, yes, thank you again for coming on. Part two of that pod, by the way, will be dropping this week also. Uh, Stacy, let the people know where they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Uh, you can find me on X at StacyPadden89. <laughs> uh, I'll plug all the great work at the Strickland. Um, I, I I only saw Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Barbie yet, but I highly recommend seeing Oppenheimer if you haven't done so. So you've just done the Heimer. You haven't done the Barbin yet. That's right. So. Um, all right, I've done neither so far, but I plan on doing that this week. Uh, I have nothing to plug myself other than all the wonderful work at the Strickland. Check that out. Check out our website. Check out the store. Again, that is at the Strick.land. Um, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, thank you to Bet Online, our greatest sponsor ever. Thank you so much. Okay, that is our pod for today. I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you on Friday.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.